and let the church say amen. Amen. What an honor to be at the POP. And what an honor to be in Phoenix, Arizona with such and so many great and precious people. I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. I know God is going to do some amazing things in this house. If you would just remain standing, turn with me in your Bible to the book of Matthew chapter 14. Matthew 14. As you're turning to Matthew 14, let me give honor where honor is due. I want to give honor to brother and sister Bib. Thank you so much for loving me and my family and having us here in this place tonight. I give honor to my beautiful wife, Amanda, who made the trip with me this time. She'd never been to Phoenix before. I finally talked her into coming. And she loves it. <clears throat> Brother and Sister Elm, so honored to be with you guys as well tonight. I'm just blessed. I'm excited. I looked up here and saw Lauren up here singing. I said, my goodness. God is good. It's like my little sister over there. Amen. I'm excited about this weekend. I believe that God is going to do some amazing things. But he's going to start tonight. Amen. I want you to touch somebody close to you and tell them he's going to start tonight. Now I want you to touch them back and tell them he's going to start with me. All right, all right. Matthew chapter 14, beginning in verse 1, when you have it, just shout, I got it. At that time, Herod, the tetrarch, heard of the fame of Jesus and said unto his servants, this is John the Baptist. He is risen from the dead, and therefore mighty works do show forth themselves in him. For Herod had laid hold on John and bound him and put him in prison for Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife. For John said unto him, It is not lawful for thee to have her. And when he would have put him to death, he feared the multitude because they counted him as a prophet. But when Herod's birthday was kept, the daughter of Herodias danced before them and pleased Herod, whereupon he promised with an oath to give her whatsoever she would ask. And she, being before instructed of her mother, said, Give me here John the Baptist's head on a charge. Give me his head on a platter. Amen. Tonight I want to preach to you teach to you whatever you want to call it. I hope to be effective in your life tonight through the word of God. I want to preach to you on this subject, head first. Head first. Can we pray together right now? God, we love you so much, and we're so thankful for what we feel in this house. Your presence and your power is so real, so mighty. I thank you for what we feel. Now I pray that you would let the word do the work that it is called to do. I pray that you would touch every heart, every mind, every spirit, every head in this room, that we would not only be hearers of the word, but that we would be doers of the word also. And we'll be careful to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. And someone shout in Jesus' name. Come on, put your hands together one more time and somebody shout in Jesus' name. And you may be seated in Jesus' name. Thank you for standing with me tonight for the reading of the word. I'm just going to jump right into my message tonight, if that's okay. I don't have no funny stories to tell. So let me just preach. Is that all right? 
I'm a lot more comfortable preaching. The Bible tells us that John the Baptist told Herod, Herod, you're a dirty dog. You done stole your brother's wife. That's rude and uncalled for. And you a sinner. Herod didn't like it, so we put him in prison. He was going to kill him, but he realized, you know what? The people believed this man to be a prophet. And he was terrified that the people would not agree with his decision. So he spared John's life. But as Herodias' daughter danced before him, he said, you know what? I'm so intrigued by her. I'm so tantalized by her. Whatever she wants, I'll give it to her. So after she finished dancing, he said, what do you want? And the Bible says that she was instructed by her mother to ask for John the Baptist's head. And she got it. I come tonight to declare to somebody in this building, whether you know it or whether you don't know it, doesn't matter. The truth is, the enemy wants your head. Yes. The enemy wants your head. He desires to have your head. He is fighting for it every day. Every day of your life, the devil is fighting for your head. He wants to get in there, and he wants to make a mess of your head. Every tactic that he has planned out is all aimed at your head. All he wants to do is get your head. He doesn't have to worry about your hands if he can have your head. He don't have to worry about your feet if he can have your head. He don't even have to worry about your wallet if he can have your head. His greatest goal is to get your head on a platter because if he can have your head, he can have you. If he can have your head, he can have your future. If he can have your head, he can have your anointing. If he can have your head, he can have your ministry. If he can have your head, he can have your calling. If he can have your head, he can have your family. If he can have your head, he can have your church. If he can have your head, he's got everything he needs. So the enemy attacks us head first. Hallelujah. The whole game plan of the enemy from the beginning of time, is to attack us in our most vulnerable place, in our head. Oh, come on, you know you thought it a long time before you believed it. You know you thought it a long time before you acted on it. You know you thought it a long time before it ever really happened. You was thinking it the whole time because before he ever touched your heart, he touched your head. If he can touch your head, he can get you to walk out of the church. If he can get in your head, he can get you to leave your family. If he can get in your head, he can get you to walk away from that anointing and that ministry. And that, If he can get in your head. I come to make it plain tonight. Uh, everything that he wants uh, from you starts inside your head. 
Hallelujah. Why do you think that when they got Jesus before they ever beat him, they put a crown of thorns on his head? The Bible even tells us that the place that Jesus was crucified is called Golgotha. It is the place of the skull. It is the place of the head. Before they did anything else, they messed with his head. And when he laid his life down, the Bible says that the veil was torn from the top to the bottom. Hallelujah. The top to the bottom. You know, everything below your shoulders are not windows. They are just responders. Your hands will only do what your head tells it to do. Your feet will only go to a place your head has convinced you you need to go. Hallelujah. Everything below here. You see, the enemy only attacks us through what we hear, what we see, and what we say. Hallelujah. The power of life and death is in the tongue. And he knows if he can get in your head long enough, it'll come out of your mouth. And it may not even be true, but you will damn yourself with a negative tone before anybody else ever has a chance to ruin you. You'll ruin yourself because you can't get it right in your head. But I came to tell somebody tonight that God is about to heal you head first. He's about to bring you out head first. He's about to reestablish you head first. He's about to turn it all around head first. He's going to get your head right. Because if he can get your head right, he can get that ministry right. If he can get your head right, he can get your family right. If he can get your head right. He can get that anointing where it needs to be. If he can get your head right, he can save your soul. If he can get your head. Somebody shout head first. Hallelujah. The Bible says that when Jesus died on the cross, that the veil was torn from top to bottom. We know that the veil covers the head of the bride. And when the groom accepts the responsibility for the bride, the preacher says you can now remove the veil so you can see your bride. When Jesus died, he removed the veil from off of your head. And he's about to take the veil off of you tonight and say, devil, let go of their mind. Devil, let go of their head. Devil, let go of their brain. 
You don't need a healing in your body. You need a healing in your head. You don't need a healing in your family. You need a healing in your head. You don't need a healing. If you could just think right, everything else would be right. Paul said it like this for in Romans 7:22. He said, For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind, bringing into the captivity the law of sin which is in my members. The, the reason I can't control my members is I can't control my mind. Hallelujah. I hope that I preach somebody right out of a mess tonight. Sir, you can't control your members because you can't control your mind. Your mind is your worst enemy. Your mind is playing tricks on you. The devil's in your head. Stop believing everything you think. Let me say it again. Stop believing everything you think. In 2 Corinthians 10, 3, 5, he said, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of the stronghold, casting down imaginations. The devil's got you imagining things much worse than what they really are. If the devil had that much control over you, he would have never let you walk through those doors tonight. If the devil had that much power, he would have killed you on the interstate on your way here. If the devil had that much power, he would have killed you in your mama's womb. But he's just imagining things. I come against that spirit in the name of Jesus. Get your mind right. Give somebody a high five and tell them head first. Tell them I'm coming out head first. When a baby is born, if it's not Head first, it's considered a a breach. It's unnatural. A baby can't even be born feet first. He's got to be born head first. And when God brings you out of this next thing, he ain't bringing you out no other way but head first. Somebody shout yes. Yes. In Romans 12, 2, 3, he said, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by what? The renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, though the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God have dealt every man the measure of faith. You got some stinking thinking. Hallelujah. Your ministry ain't wrong. Your head is wrong. God hasn't given up on you. Your head is messed up, sir. Hallelujah. 
The devil don't have that kind of power over you and your family. That's in your head. Let me, let me, let me bring it a little closer to home. They don't hate you. That's just in your head. They forgot to shake your hand because they forgot to shake your hand. They didn't invite you to the party because they forgot to invite you to the party. They don't hate you. They haven't set up some kind of coup to make you feel less than and to kick you out. That's all in your head. And the devil will keep you out of church because your head is a mess. You don't know nothing. You just think in everything. That's why a man ought to think soberly. God, if I can control my thought life, I can control my whole life. If I can get my head right, I can get everything else right. That's why David said in Psalms 3 and 3, he said, but thou, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of mine head. Watch what he said in 23.5. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemy. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Psalms 27, 6 says, and now shall mine head be lifted above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in this tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yeah, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Psalms 147, O God the Lord, the strength of my salvation, thou hast covered my head in the day of battle. Oh, you ought to wake up every morning. And don't call the pastor, don't call the preacher, don't call the teacher, don't call the pastor care team. You lay hands on yourself and say, Lord, cover my head today. Cover my head. Cover my head in the day of battle. You can wound my body, but you never going to mess with my head. That's why sister so-and-so can have cancer in her body and be dancing on the front row. And you're thinking, why is she dancing? How can she shout with all that trouble? It's because it's hurting my body, but it ain't messing with my head. My head's still right. I got joy, unspeakable, and full of glory. My family left me, but my head's still good. God, you are worthy to be praised. The bank called me, and we ain't got no more money. But I know the master of the wind, and he owns the cattle. On a, they took my money, but they can't take my mind, my head. He covered my head in the day of battle. Watch what he said. Watch what. In Psalms 141 and 5, look what he said. He said, let the righteous smite me. It'll be a kindness. Let God smite me. Thank you, Lord. Let him reprove me. It'll be like excellent oil. Which shall not break my head. This is how you know when it's an attack from the enemy or God letting you go through some stuff. 
Because God will let you go through some stuff, but it won't mess with your head. When the devil comes, he always comes head first. And before you ever feel it in your body, you're thinking it in your head. He said, but Lord, if it came from you, it will not break my head. Because my head is anointed. I need you to make a commitment that you're not going to leave this building tonight without having your head anointed. Oh. Because if you can get your head anointed, you can go through anything. You can face any battle. When you get your head right, the devil can throw whatever he wants to throw at you, and you'll never say a word. I got proof. Watch. The Bible says in Matthew 26, 6-8, that when Jesus was in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment, and she poured it on his head as he sat at meat. Matthew 26 <clears throat> And also in Luke, you can see that this woman took the oil and she anointed his head, but she cried on his feet. She anointed his head with oil and she anointed his feet with tears because she cried for the journey that he would have to go on. The tears on his feet represented the weeping for what would happen in the future. The tears for the journey that God would have to walk. That, 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 that old dusty road carrying a cross that was too heavy for the man. She wept on his feet, but she anointed his head. <laughs> and the anointing on his head, they broke his body, but they couldn't break his head. <laughs> they beat him, but they couldn't break his head. They slapped him, but they couldn't break his head. The Bible said he opened not his mouth like a lamb led to the slaughter. And the only thing he could say in the moment that his body was giving up on him, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know what, not what they do. His body was dying, but his head was good. We need a church full of people that got their head right. We need a church full of folks that got their head right. Pain can come and pain can go, but my head is right. Y'all can come and y'all can go, but my head is right. I can be up and I can be down, but my head is anointed. Somebody shout yes. You want to lay hands on your head right now and say in the name of Jesus, I'm coming out head first. Somebody say yes. I'm almost finished. Luke 21, 25 through 28. Watch what it says. It says, and there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon. Then the stars, upon the earth, the stress of nations, with perplexity, the sea, the waves roaring, men's hearts will fail them for fear. Watch this. 
For they are looking at those things which are coming on the earth. Somebody say they're looking at what's happening right here. Huh. Verse 27 says, And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your hand. The theme of this conference is refocus. And sometimes the only way you can refocus is to change what you're looking at. And I don't know if you realize it or not, but all the stuff that he says that we're going to see, we are seeing. But we're too busy looking down. Oh, my, 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 my. We're too busy looking at what's happening here to be remotely worried about what's happening over on the yonder shores of glory land. We got to change our focus. Our head is down because we're paying attention to what's happening here. But God said, look up. Get your head up. Get your head up. Get your head up. Get your, stop looking. Get your head up. You're in the wrong posture. Get your head up. You're in the, you're looking in the wrong places. Get your head up. Stop looking at their Instagram and her Instagram and his, and then get your head up. Stop looking at all that mess and get your head. Stop worrying about what she doing, what he doing. Don't nobody want to preach with me right there, but I feel a preach coming on. Get your eyes off of everybody else's business and get your head up into his business. Hallelujah. 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 I feel the Holy Ghost in the room right now. Somebody's coming out and you're coming out head first. The grip that the devil had on your mind is loosening up. The word of God is going forth. And the grip that he had on your mind is a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. He's always been a liar. And he's the father of lies. And he's lying to you right now. Get your head right. John 20, 6 and 7. I'm closing. This is my last scripture. <clears throat> then cometh Simon Peter following him and went into the sepulcher and seeth the linen clothes lie and the napkin that was about or around his head not lying with the linen clothes but wrapped together in a place all by itself. Now somebody said, now, what that napkin meant is when you would go to someone's house and eat dinner, if the dinner was good, you would fold your napkin in a certain way and you would leave that napkin and it would represent that you enjoyed the meal and that you're coming back. 
And Jesus was letting them know that he was coming back. That's good. But it wasn't a dinner. It was a burial. So I know what a napkin is used for a dinner. But what is a napkin used for a burial? Now, if you die today, you go to the funeral home. They're going to take a piece of wire. And they're going to open your mouth up. Right here in the back, they're going to take that wire and connect it to your bottom and top jaw and they're going to tighten it down so that your mouth would not open because that would be very bad for you to be standing over grandma's coffin and she go. But before we had funeral homes, before we had all that technology, there was a way that you could keep a dead man's mouth closed is you would take a napkin and you would tie it around his head. And that napkin around his head would keep his mouth closed so that animals and bugs and stuff would not crawl into the mouth of the deceased. And when they went into that tomb that day, Jesus had taken the thing that had trapped his head. I'm not going to lay it with that stuff. Because that stuff covered my body. And my body... <laughs> my body has no value if my mouth is closed. And so he took the thing that had his head bound and he laid it to the side. As a sign, you no longer control my head. My mouth is open and I'm speaking. And let me tell you in this house tonight, Jesus his head is no longer bound but his mouth is open and he's preaching to you tonight through his infallible unchangeable word and he's letting you know I'm going to heal you tonight and I'm going to heal you head first and I'm going to take that thing that had your head wrapped up can I can I go deep here for a second I'm going to take that thing that had your head wrapped up. I'm going to take that time that she left you. Ran off of that other man. I'm going to take that off your head. I'm going to take that time that he hurt you when you was just a little girl. That's had your head wrapped up for 30 years. I'm going to unwind that thing. I'm going to take that when your father left you and your mother all alone went to go get a gallon of milk and never came back and that thing has had your head wrapped up your whole life you're a 55 year old man and that thing still tied so tightly I wish I could be free it, it doesn't have your body it just has your head every time you try to step into a new relationship 
Every time you try to step into a new anointing. That baby that you aborted that you think nobody knows about. I don't know who I'm preaching to tonight. That wound that nobody knows about. God said, I'm going to take that thing and I'm going to untie it from around your head. Because you're not dead, you're alive. You're no longer bound. I don't know who I'm preaching to right now, but I feel it in the Holy Ghost. God said, I'm about to loose you. I'm about to take that thing that's had your mind. <laughs> you couldn't think right. You couldn't pray right. You couldn't live right. You couldn't even love right. You couldn't give right because that thing's been in your head for all these years. But God said, if you'll come to an altar tonight, I'll start unwinding that thing that the enemy put over your head years ago. Years ago. Who's going to be set free head first tonight? Who's going to say, listen, I don't care what anybody says about me, but I'm going to get set free tonight, and I'm going to get set free head first. Head first. Come on, the altar's open. Come on, God's about to refocus somebody tonight. That thing that has your head in captivity. It's going to be released, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Healing is here. He's been wrapped around your head for 20 years. Healing is here. That thing's been wrapped around your head for 45 years. That thing's been wrapped around your head since you was a six-year-old girl. That thing's been wrapped around your head since you was an eight-year-old boy. But tonight, God said, if you'll let me. My healing is here. But Pastor Chambers, you don't understand. They lied on me. They cheated me. I know, I know. But it was the only, it was only to trap your head. Because if he can have your hand.